So welcome back again to the second part of Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joining the Common Sea studio here by Colin Hayes and Anne. And join on the on the telephone, somewhere out I think it's in County Carlow, uh, we got, we've still got Maura McDally uh, joining us. And Maura again is going to share some some information and some of her reflection on Medjugorje. So Maura, thanks a lot for joining us again. Okay, thank you. Okay, Medjugorje. For those of us, yes. those of our listeners who mightn't know much about it, can you share some information as to how it all started and what's it all about? Yes, uh, just to, to put Medjugorje in perspective, uh, the town itself of Medjugorje is in Bosnia Herzegovina, and this was once part of the communist state of Yugoslavia. Uh, they broke away in 1992 from the following the Bosnian War, um, the state itself was known as Bosnia and Herzegovina. The Bosnian area is populated mainly by Muslims, while the region of Herzegovina is mainly Catholic and uh, Croats. Uh, so it, it is very important when talking about the state uh, in Medjugorje to, to use the full name of Bosnia and Herzegovina. The parish itself is administered by the Franciscans, who are held in extremely high esteem by the locals because throughout its history the Franciscans enabled Catholicism to survive in that whole area uh, particularly um, during the time of the Ottoman Empire and uh, when they were overrun by the Turks and so on. So when secular clergy had to leave the area the Franciscans stayed on and so enabled Catholicism to survive. Uh, One particular um, Franciscan priest that I am very fond of and who made a huge um, impact on the development of the spirituality in Medjugorje is Father Slavko Barbaric. Um, I, I'll talk about him in a minute, uh, but just this week it happens to be that the youth festival uh, is on in Medjugorje and it was Father Slavko, uh, that, that's how he was known after, um, who started the youth festival in 1990 with only a handful of young people and two guitarists in a green tent out at the back of the church. Um, The green tent used to be put up where the John Paul II um, Hall is now, and uh, that's where they had their meeting. Father Liam Lawton from Edenderry and Carlo was involved with that first meeting, and uh, he was involved with the singing. So it is an interesting connection that you're doing this programme now this morning, because over 50,000 attended the youth festival this year. But in any case, uh, for those who may not know, Medjugorje is associated with the apparitions of the Virgin Mary to six young people. And the phenomenon all began in 1981. um, And the young people were then between the ages of 10 and 17. All of the visionaries are now married with families of their own and have a combined total of 18 children between them. So that's an interesting statistic in itself. Uh, Of the original six young people, uh, three claim to still see Our Lady on a daily basis. Uh, They are Visca, Ivan and Maria, while the other three, Mariana, Ivanka and Yakov, receive visits on a particular day of the year, um, once a year. Um, There are two boys and uh, four girls in that group of six young people. there were two others who saw Our Lady on the first day, um, but didn't go back on the second day, and they weren't part of that group. Um, one of the visionaries, Mariana, has an apparition on the second 
uh, of every month and she receives a message for the world um, and gives it out in the various languages following the apparition. While Maria receives a message on the 25th of every month and those messages are in particular for the world. Um, Throughout the years of communism, I mean, things were very, very difficult for the visionaries and their families. And were it not for the support of their families and the community and the Franciscan, um, Medjugorje might never have developed the way it was and communism might have succeeded in quashing it. Um, There was a lot of uh, fear and chaos, interrogations and so forth. But throughout it all, uh, the children never wavered from what they saw and never changed their story. So while the communists tried everything in their power to put an end to the claims of the apparitions, they never succeeded. So uh, the way things are now, um, the church still hasn't given uh, formal approval to the apparitions uh, because they're ongoing, I suppose, and they can't until they're finished. Um, But recently it has has appointed Archbishop Henrik Hoser as the apostolic visitor to the parish of Medjugorje. And he's tasked with the the job of assessing the pastoral needs of of the pilgrims to the shrine. Um, As well as that, the Vatican has sent a cardinal, uh, the vicar general of Rome, uh, Cardinal Donatus, uh, to open the youth festival. And they have the the president of the Pontifical Council for New Evangelization doing the closing mass um, on August the 6th. Each of the visionaries has received a mission from Our Lady to pray for a particular intention. Um, Visca and Yaakov pray for the sick. Um, Mariana prays for unbelievers. Ivanka prays for families. Maria for the holy souls in purgatory. And Ivan prays for priests and the youth of the world. And there are 10 secrets associated with the apparition. um, And... Um, Ivanka, Mariana and Yaakov have received the 10 though they're not sure if it's the same 10 because they're not allowed to talk about them um, while the others have received only 9 so um, while the Vatican realises all of this it is still not approved but it is recognised as a place of pilgrimage and a place of conversion and peace our Lady came in Medjugorje to the, the six young people as the Queen of Peace. And in her messages, she continually reminds us that she is a gift of the Heavenly Father. So on March in 2018, she says, My children, the Heavenly Father loves you and has through his love that I am here with you. He is speaking to you. So I think in a way... Um, there should be more study of the, the Medjugorje messages because Our Lady says that it's the Heavenly Father who is speaking to us through them. Um, and here and there, uh, through the messages, a lot of people say that there's great similarities in the messages and so forth. Um, and there, there is, but uh, they have to be repeated. But um, there are certain messages that are pure gems um, and and say things that really we wondered about and would have liked to have heard and so on. Um, so Colin might um, talk about those in a minute. Um, but uh, Pope John Paul said that today's world had lost its sense of the supernatural and that many were searching for it and find it in Medjugorje through prayer, penance and fasting. Um, 
so uh, our lady has said that she gave us five stones is what she called them like David had against Goliath so against the world and all of our problems we have five um, what she calls stones uh, that we can access to help us in life and they are prayer, confession, fasting, the Eucharist and reading the Bible and she said herself in May 2016 uh, these words of mine are familiar to you and they are truth and truth does not change it is only that many of my children have forgotten it my children, my words are neither old or new, they are eternal so really what she's saying is that all of the, all of our messages are already there in the gospel um, so Medjugorje if it was to be summarised could be said to be a new calling to return to the love of the Heavenly Father and to revive all these aspects of the church that have gone into decline, rosary, confession, fasting, and so on. Um, that, and these are neither old or new. These are all eternal. They are, they are gifts of the Heavenly Father. Um, Father Slavko that I mentioned earlier, uh, he maintained that uh, our whole church is built on the supernatural and that there was nothing... Uh, we'll say terribly strange in the apparitions and uh, he couldn't understand why it was that uh, there was so much fuss made about them. Um, from that point of view, he said our whole our whole church is based on, on the apparitions, on apparitions and they are mentioned several times in the Gospels and Jesus appeared to his apostles several times after the resurrection and so on. So uh, for him, um, apparitions uh, could happen and he believed they were happening and he saw them as a, as a call to conversion. Um, so for him, it was a great grace that God had offered us so that we could return and find the peace that Our Lady was talking about. Um, this particular peace, Father Slavko would have said, it was psychological peace as much as absence of war. Um, so he had quite a lot to say on all of that. Uh, he believed that Medjugorje was chosen by God uh, to be an example of the world, how to live the gospel message. Um, so that uh, Medjugorje is the gospel alive. It is the Bible come alive. So everything that God has asked for um, can be seen in effect in Medjugorje. So it's a living example of how the gospel should be lived um, so that's it, John. Um, that's basically kind of a summary of where where Medjugorje is at and um, the the people involved in it now. Mara, thank you so much for that. For, for such a comprehensive summary, thank you so much for that, Mara. Colin, would yeah. you like to add something to that, and maybe maybe your own reflections on, on Medjugorje? Um, yeah, I was yes, John. Thank you, and thank you, Mara, for that. It, it was wonderful to listen to it. Um, what struck me very powerfully in my heart as I listen tomorrow is that um it is the calling of us back back to back to the love of the father and and that that God the father has sent our lady to us to call us back to almost to to allow God the father to love us because there is such an emptiness in in the world and people try to fill themselves with that emptiness and um of course it it doesn't work um Two things that happened in the in uh, earlier this week at the youth festival that that struck me wonderfully. Um, uh, 
and it was the the opening. As Mara mentioned, a Cardinal, Cardinal Donatus, the vicar of Rome Diocese, he said in the very opening uh, mass at the very beginning of the mass, he said, "I bring you, uh, I bring you warm and affectionate greetings." from our Holy Father, Pope Francis. And of course, there was a wonderful cheer and great clapping by all the, the young people, the 50,000 or maybe more, 60,000, but everybody there. And, and it, it really, really gave me a, a great feeling of being loved um, by our Holy Father and, and by God, especially. And the other one was yes, uh, last, Monday, last Monday evening at the very closing, um, the closing International Mass. And it was words from the um, Cardinal uh, Fisichella, who is the president of the uh, Pontifical Commission for New Evangelization? And he said yesterday evening, referring to the the youth festival, he said, "This is the church." And of course, what he meant, I believe, by that is that he recognised in everything he experienced during the week what Our Lady gave as the weapons against our difficulties in the world and in life and the five stones because he saw all these wonderful young people from all over the world and they were going to confession, they were praying the rosary, they were going to Holy Mass, they were reading scripture and they were in prayer and there was a... The overwhelming thing is that a sense of utter joy and peace among all these young people where the world tries to destroy them in all kinds of different ways. But here they can live in complete peace and express their um, their faith with one another and with, with great support now from, from the church because this is the first time that there was such a huge delegation from the Vatican. There was 12 altogether, two cardinals and 10 bishops and archbishops, which was really... Um, I, I think you could nearly say indirectly giving it its imprimatur. Colin, thanks for that. Maura, can I ask you something? That, um, I, I've been up to Medjugorje a few times myself and um, one of the things that strikes me out there, so two questions for you. Number one, why do so many people go out to Medjugorje? What I'm thinking is there are people from a variety of backgrounds now. That's the first question. And the second question is the lines and lines and lines of people going to confession. Why is that? Um, okay, well, I'll start with the second one first. Um, the, why are there lines of people going to confession? Um, again, I'll come back to, to um, our lady's messages. She said that Medjugorje was a place of particular grace and they get the grace to go there. There is there, Her particular presence in Medjugorje is powerful. Um, these graces are available everywhere uh, where the Catholic Church is, but the Holy Spirit is the spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the Holy Spirit is working powerfully uh, in Medjugorje, uh, in the hearts of the people, uh, because they come, um, to answer your first question, they come searching for something. Um, now, many of them don't know why they come, Um I did a study on it um, recently and uh, uh, a lot of them have said that they come uh, searching for something. Um, Some come because they have problems and they want a specific answer to a problem. And it's interesting, uh, after uh, those who said they came because of a particular problem, um, it got renewed hope um, in a strange way, really, because... It was no longer, um, it wasn't that their problems or the issues they came with uh, disappeared as a result of their visit to Medjugorje or their sickness or illness or whatever it was. Uh, It was that their attitude to it 
had completely changed. So where it was um, all invasive before they left home and uh, when they arrived in Medjugorje, they were in a desperate state. Many of them kind of, this is my last hope that something will be sorted. But while the problem itself wasn't necessarily sorted, their whole attitude to it, the whole sting was taken out of it and it didn't have the same power or the same control over them, uh, which I found extremely interesting. Um, they got a new hope um, and their their whole uh, their whole approach to uh, their problems changed and they could see that change was possible. Um, and the change in people there and other people and the community of believers sharing together. A lot of them spoke about the table fellowship in the houses and uh, how listening to other people's stories had a huge impact on them. And they weren't weren't afraid to express their faith. Um, Like at home here, it it is very difficult to share your faith or your belief with with, uh, other people unless you know that they're in their faith as well. And people just, uh, you know, they're not interested and we're living in a secular society and that's just the way it is. Um, So when you are with like-minded people, you feel that sense of freedom and um, nourishment of the spirit. And it's also interesting to see, um, like I spoke about, um, how Our Lady had given um, missions to the various um, visionaries to pray for the sick or unbelievers or so on. Um, Out of the the people that I interviewed um, for their reasons to go to Medjugorje and and, uh, what they found um, was the effect of it and so on, uh, 65% of those actually said that... uh, they got a mission to do, that they felt they got a mission. And that varied from, to say the rosary every day, maybe to start a prayer group when they went home uh, or to pray for the holy souls or whatever it was. Sometimes it might be related to family to go and sort out a particular issue. But 65% of them actually said they got a mission, which is uh, really uh, the gospel of um, our faith being active and alive. Um, it, it wasn't just uh, come and pray and go home and do the same thing. Uh, so there was uh, certainly um, change. Father Slavko said that the whole idea that Our Lady was coming signified that humanity could change. Um, the very fact that she was here meant that change was possible. Um, and he said in, t- in one of his quotes, I have it here, uh, in this time, God sends Mary, the Queen of Peace, it is a sign of hope for us. We have no right to despair over the situation of the world and the church. But this difficult situation should rather wake us up and not let us sleep spiritually anymore. So the whole idea of um, changing and hope and all of that, Our Lady and her presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit and grace and the power of communal prayer. Our Lady said, believe in the power of prayer. God will hear your prayers and answer them. And that's when I was talking about different gems of messages. Uh, that is beautiful, like to say that um, God will hear your prayers and answer them. I mean, how many times do we pray and we hope that uh, God is listening <laughs> and we, we don't get an answer or whatever it is. So to hear Our Lady actually saying that, that God will hear your prayers and answer them. And on another occasion, she said, ask for whatever you need. Say yes to God 
and he will give to you in abundance. You know, and that's, that's really something, you know, that people don't realise. Um, she also said, which is one that I love myself, uh, that you are important to God and he is calling you individually, that he wants each of you, he wants personal unity with the Father. So um, Our Lady is calling us to a personal unity through prayer and uh, with the Father, and that each of us individually is important to God. And that in itself, like, is huge. You know, like, I mean, the the, the youth festival and, and pilgrimages are made up of so many thousands of people. And... Um, but to know that you are individually important to God is huge. Um, and it's lovely. And she said um, on the, in 2016, she said, do not forget that each of you is a unique world before the Heavenly Father. So permit the continuous working of the Holy Spirit to work on you. So when people are going to Medjugorje, they're searching for something and they receive the Holy Spirit. You, you have to... You, you can't avoid receiving it. And particularly in adoration uh, in Medjugorje, it's one of the huge things that uh, people go to and uh, that they talk about when they come back um, is the power of the adoration to move them and to move them spiritually. And, you know, there's been huge miracles um, like over the years because of all of these things. Um, so that's what, that's what I think, John. I think the power of grace um, is why people go to confession. And of course, Father Slavko always said that um, confession itself uh, is healing. And this, that's God is the healer. He would never um, go with uh, getting you, well, he wouldn't decry doctors and psychologists and so on. He was a psychologist himself. Um, he said that at the end of the day, they are only human. And to go back to the supernatural, he said that God's power is limitless and that when we go to God with our problems, uh, there isn't, we can't imagine because we are human and humans can only exhaust what humans have discovered. But everything is possible to God. And uh, he saw confession as a huge healing. And I suppose when people do get healed of various problems and they let go and they feel better, they share these feelings with other people and uh, that has a knock-on effect then other people would say gosh you know they seem to have got on well uh, maybe I'll ask father so-and-so about such and such or whatever it is uh, that might be bothering, bothering them and so on um, yeah so uh, confession is huge well, that Mara, beautiful thank you so much Colleen, for the last few minutes now that we got up this particular section, I mean, obviously you've been there many time yourself now. You've got memories and you, 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 Mar just mentioned there about people with healings and, and <coughs> with spiritual healings and so on and so forth. Maybe just a few minutes and maybe your own little experiences. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes, John, yes, indeed. That, that, that's very much coming to me as I'm listening to Mara there about the supernatural experiences and... Uh, the wonderful things that do that do happen, people, by the grace of God in Medjugorje. And um, I was writing out a few notes today on various aspects of things that um, were coming to me. And um, I started to list the number of uh, miracles, of healings, of conversions that I have experienced. And I'm only going to Medjugorje since um, 2008, approximately. And I, I, I realized after writing them out, there's uh, 17 different healings, miracles, conversions 
one for me of the most beautiful ones was uh, a man was staying in the house I was in about five or six years ago. His name was Matthew from Kildare, and, and that's not breaking his confidentiality, but um, Matthew was an older man in his 70s and his walk wasn't great. So I said to Matthew, if it was about 15 minutes walk to the church, I'd walk down with you in the morning, Matthew, if you want me to. I hadn't met this man before. So he was delighted that someone would accompany him. He had come on his own, even though his wife was a regular in Medjugorje, but it was his first time and he had come on his own. So we walked and we talked and... um, after coming back to the house one morning, I said to Matthew, I said, Matthew, um, I'd ask you just to do one thing, and it's a very important thing while you're in Medjugorje, do get to confession. And he said, okay, I'm listening, he said, I'm listening. Um, and when are they on? I told him in the evening from five o'clock. But so it was difficult for him to get down the very last day that he was there um, without anybody prompting it. The priest who was in the house with, with the group he was with, came to him and said he wanted to talk to him. Now, I was, he told me afterwards, Matthew himself said to me, he looked at me, he said, thank you for that. After the confession, it was 40 years since I was at confession and he was overjoyed to have been able to come back to the the sacrament of confession. That for me was a beautiful um, gift for him and for me and for his family, I'm sure. Another one, just one more, I'll give you a little bit on. There was a, a woman I met. Uh, she was from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, a great woman of faith. And she brings she brings groups to Medjugorje. And um, I met her with a priest, a friend of mine, and I had dinner with them one evening in their house. And um, I carry with me um, a relic, of, uh, first that relic of Padre Pio. So... I was talking about this to, to Patty because she had brought some relics as well to Medjugorje for people. And I asked her if she wanted, would like me to say a prayer while she held the, the relic, and she did. So I just prayed, asking the Lord to heal her and Padre Pio to intercede for her, just praying beside the woman. And um, I continued to pray for a few minutes, and I realized that while I was praying, Patty had got, started to cry and cry and cry. And she said, Colin, you have no idea what's happening. And I said, no, Patty, but I'm sure when I stop praying or finish, you'll tell me. And indeed she did. She said, Colin, 20, no, 45 years previously, she was a woman in her 60s, 45 years previously, she had a very traumatic experience. She was only 25 years old. She'd become pregnant and she'd had an abortion. Now, what she told me herself, the consequence of that in her life is that she suffered from horrendous guilt and shame and self-condemnation. But as I prayed with her, the Lord and the Blessed Mother completely healed her of all that guilt and all that shame and all the deep woundedness that she had carried for 40 years. So that for me was was a great, great miracle. And I thank the Lord for my involvement in that. And uh, there have been many, many others, as I said. But when you see these levels of graces actually physically happening in front of your eyes. You say, I say to myself, this is heaven on earth. And for me, Medjugorje is where heaven meets earth and the graces are there. Thank you so much. You know, I thank you both to Maura and to yourself. I know we can go on for ages, but I got to go for a break. Uh, yes, Sorry, Ma- John. Y- yes, Maura. Uh, just, um, I just have an amalgam of three messages that I would like to give to your listeners that may be listening this morning from Our Lady. Uh, if that is okay, um, yeah, this is this is for people that are at home listening now that uh, maybe you know in in bad circumstances or whatever, um, and Our Lady has has 
given these messages on different occasions um, in 2018 and 2013 and 2016. Uh, so I've just put them together. Um, the life of each of you is important and precious because it's a gift from the Heavenly Father for eternity. Rejoice in the love of little children that in the eyes of God you are unrepeatable and irreplaceable because you are God's joy in the world. And I will be with you until your meeting with the Heavenly Father. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Thank you, Moira. Thank you so much for that. So now we'll go for our second piece of music again. It's a piece of music that I recorded actually. At the, uh, it's been sung at the English Mass in Medjugorje in the church at 10 a.m. Mass, the English Mass, a few years ago. And this one, maybe it's appropriate to play. Jesus, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. 